What the world needs now is peace. There is no doubt about it. For the moment, the streets are quiet from protests run amok, but there is still a nauseating violence in our culture. The country is intoxicated with the love of harder, meaner, stronger voices urging conciliation, that is, placating anger rather than fomenting it, and voices of reconciliation, voices suggesting peace through diplomacy or dialogue or a desire to actually understand one another. These voices are lampooned as weak. In a world that is too afraid not to love the hawks of war, those who speak peace are derided as doves. They are said to pose the real danger. In this brief respite from war, both at home and abroad, I don't need to spell out all the fears that threaten the soul of the nation, if not our literal future. The threats all wait at the door. What the world needs now now is peace. The Hebrew word is shalom, which does not refer to a reprise from chaos in the streets, just a pause from the den of war. Shalom is wholeness, health, security. Shalom is true liberty and justice for all. God's intended fullness for all people. And that kind of peace, true shalom, doesn't just happen, it takes work. It's not just an accident of history, a tentative, quiet, calm peace, like war, must be waged, fought for, persistently pursued, even at the risk of troubling the water, ruffling some feathers, making some enemies, even sometimes offending folks in your own congregation. But peace only comes by disturbing the status quo, speaking truth to power, challenging conventional wisdom, and naming the narratives that uphold empires. Peace is planted by the prophetic word and takes hold only in the courage of a witness bold enough to be abused or misunderstood. Helder Camara was a Brazilian archbishop who once said, when I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why they are poor to begin with, they call me a communist. Pursuing peace has nothing to do with a wimpy so-called pacifism. As Jesus taught us and as the martyrs testify, pursuing peace will get you killed. So where do you find that kind of courage? How do you decide you will respond to that kind of call? What gives you the strength to actually take up the cross of Christ and follow? On this Sunday of Advent waiting, this Sunday of peace, let me suggest that the formula for finding peace is actually not that difficult. Now, when Amy saw the opening meditation for today that's printed in your bulletin, she said, well, that is about the most Russ Dean thing I have ever seen. <laughs> like most similar escapades, that formula printed in your bulletin for calculating the magnitude of the centripetal force of an object, 
appears in the bulletin almost completely tongue-in-cheek. Here's what it means. The truth is I have no earthly idea what the formula means. You can talk to Tom Pulaski about that. It may not even be correct. It's just what Google says. But here is what it can mean for the second Sunday of Advent. Centripetal force and centrifugal force. Do you remember from eighth grade science? Centrifugal force spins things around out of control with an energy that separates components by their density. You can separate cream from milk using a centrifuge. As it spins, the cream, which is denser, is forced outward, and the milk moves inward because it's less dense. That's centrifugal force. Centripetal force is exactly the opposite. With centripetal motion, energy is directed toward the center. Gravity is a centripetal force. The earth is spinning, and because of gravity, if you jump off the roof, you will not be flung to the outer darkness. You will go down and down and down toward the center of the earth. My old friend in Birmingham who broke his back when he fell out of a tree said, it wasn't the fall out of the tree that was so bad, it was just that sudden stop at the bottom that hurt. Yeah, he had come to know the centripetal force of gravity all too well. And here is what that little science lesson can mean for Advent. This world, when left to its own devices, is like a crazy centrifuge. Things spin out of control, probably by design. Everything gets pulled farther and farther from the center. We separate into tribal groups. Americans lose sight of any common good for the sake of personal success and security. Party becomes more important than principle. Religion becomes a tool of division. Your belief versus mine, the self-righteousness of orthodoxy, rather than the beautiful universal quest of finding the sacred amid the secular. And in that crazy centrifuge of division, those holding the densest positions there's an interesting sweet irony there, isn't it? Those with the densest positions get flung to the extremes. There is no peace. William Butler Yeats, who could have been writing about our country at this very moment, speaks of this centrifugal force of chaos in his poem, The Second Coming. Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Sounds like us, doesn't it? Surely, some revelation is at hand. Surely, the second coming is at hand. I guess we can hope for that, right? Advent hope for some second coming. On this second day of Advent, let us pray for that second coming in us. 
Let us pray for a second coming, a new vision that gives us the courage to put aside the centrifugal force of the world's love of hatred and violence, isolation and division, and let us claim the great centripetal force of peace. The poets and prophets and priests of peace speak of the inner life, inner Silence, calm at the center. That's where it begins, within. Peace is the strong, countervailing force of calm amidst the storm. This itself is a countercultural voice in our world of noise and confusion. When confronted by the authorities, religious and political, even by his own mother's misplaced instructions and in frustration with his own dense disciples, Jesus sought the quiet place over and over. In that centripetal calculation of quiet, he gained his strength. Thomas Merton, one of the great Christian mystics, says... Positive silence pulls us together and makes us realize who we are and who we might be and the distance between the two. Hence, positive silence implies a choice and what Paul Tillich called the courage to be. We find the courage to be who and what God calls us to be at the center of our own souls in the silence of peace, in the peace of silence. Our friend Gray Clark, I told him I was giving him a shout out today, swears by it. Five minutes of silence a day will change your life. So let me challenge you to join me in this discipline for the rest of Advent. It will be difficult. There's a lot of noise this time of the year a lot of busyness in this season, a lot of chaos in our world. But I'm going to set the alarm on my iPhone once a day. No music, no TV, no social media, no spoken prayer, just five minutes of silence. Grace says, just see if you can picture your, vo your breath out and in. Five minutes of silence, centering silence. The 12th century Christian mystic named Meister Eckhart says, the most powerful prayer and the worthiest work of all is the outcome of a quiet mind. The quieter the mind, the more powerful, the worthier, the deeper, the more perfect the prayer is. To the quiet mind, all things are possible. To the quiet mind, even peace. Eckhart says the outer work can never be small if the inward work is great. And the outer work can never be great if the inner work is small. What is keeping you today from finding that peace? You don't need to know any advanced math. It's a simple formula. The psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. 
What is keeping you from inner peace? Just time? Discipline? The channel you choose to get your so-called news of the day? Social media? Is it your work schedule? The peer pressure of just keeping up with the Joneses? During Advent, you be still. Five minutes. What's keeping you from peace with your family? Why is there so much conflict? Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world, even in families. What do you need to let go of just to be able to come together with your own family? Today is about regathering. How wonderful to see your faces, even above the mask. The importance of being here together, the consistent testimony of those who have come back after pandemic pause is that it's not the sermon that holds us together, nor any other element of worship. It's the room, which is just a center, a place to gather. The centripetal force of life calls us in where two or three are gathered, Jesus promises, there I will be in your midst. What is keeping you from the peace of a divided nation? From finding common cause with all your neighbors, rich and poor, black and white, Democrat and Republican, liberal and conservative. The powers that be benefit from these divisions Politics needs an enemy to gather the troops. Nothing sells quite like fear. And what is keeping you from knowing your connection to every human child of God? Indeed, to every living creature, regardless the cultural differences, the language barriers, the partisan convictions, the religious commitments. What is keeping you from experiencing the common bond of just living on this planet. The Native American religious leader named Black Elk calls this the first piece, knowing our connection with all living things, the most important piece. And in her book, Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilbert says, Sean, my yogic Irish dairy farmer, explained our chaotic world to me in this way. Imagine that the universe is a great spinning engine, he said. You want to stay near the core of the thing, right in the hub of the wheel, not out at the edges where all the wild whirring takes place, where you can get frayed and crazy. The hub of calmness, that's your heart. That's where God lives within you. So stop looking for answers in the world. Just keep coming back to that center and you will always find peace. Just keep coming back to the center where the peace of Christ has the power to hold the whole world together. May it be so. Amen.